I loved whistling as a kid. I'd do it all the time. I remember my queer would say I should stop whistling or I might blow my teeth out, but it didn't put me off. Whistling's lost its popularity in recent times, but back when we were growing up, it was one of the first cool things you learned to do as a kid, alongside clicking your fingers. It was a handy skill to have, whistling out to your dog, your mother whistling out to you to get the dog. But it was my queer. In fact, that generation that I remember whistling all the time. They had the whole vibrato thing going on. When I think back now, there was one thing that I can't remember them doing. A time that you would never, ever hear them whistling. Nighttime. It's a kapahakawānanga, and the group is practising for the upcoming Te Arawa Secondary Schools competition. The kids have been training hard all day and late into the night, and are on a short break, sitting outside the wharekai, chilling out. They've learnt not to show that they have tons of energy left, whether they actually do or not, or auntie will pull them straight back into practice. Their kaiako, auntie Nairi, pokes her head out to check on the kids. Her eyes narrow. Nothing gets past her eagle eyes. As a joke, one of the kids does the whistle. You know the one. The nothing going on here whistle. The kids are all about to giggle when auntie suddenly loses it. Honey! Never ever whistle at night. Ever. Marama! Kai kukua kuetekehua. Didn't your parents teach you anything? Do you all understand? Too afraid to answer, everyone simply nods their heads. Kaya and Huani are good friends. Kaya punches Huani on the shoulder after auntie's gone back inside. Huani, you idiot! What? How's I supposed to know? Well, now we all know. What does kukua e te kehua mean? Boy, you need to pay attention in kura. Kehua? Ghosts? Well, what about them? Kaya raises her eyebrows. What? Kehua? <coughs> You're actually serious. Huani is the last to go. The outside lights start flickering. He pauses, shrugs, then goes inside. Practice finishes at two in the morning. It's been a hard but constructive evening. Okay, kapai, good work everyone. There's still a lot to get through. Now stay focused, it's only Friday. Auntie looks at her watch. Sorry, Saturday. Tomorrow morning we're up at 6am. Yes, I do know it's only a few hours away, so I suggest you stay off your phones and get some sleep. There's a light grumble from the kids. Okay. Put your hand up if you want to be on the Farepaku team at this coming competition. I didn't think so. Poor Marie. After Karakia, the kids all head off in different directions. Farepaku, Inu, Paraihe Niho, etc. Wani is having a quick shower while whistling the tune of their whakaike. He pauses for a second and thinks back to Auntie's growling. 
Don't ever whistle at night. Ever, he thinks to himself. Technically, it's morning. He keeps whistling. The light starts to flicker. Finally, abruptly stops whistling. Kaya, I know it's you. Stop screwing around with the lights. The wall of the shower starts to tremble. Seriously? Stop it! You're gonna get us both in trouble! The lights turn off, and Huani reaches for his towel. The door starts shaking furiously, and he doesn't realize that his towel has fallen to the ground. He's feeling around in the dark, touching the door and the walls of the shower cubicle, when he touches what feels like a face. Ah! Huani jumps backwards and hits the cold wall. The lights are still out, and he can hear a whistle coming from the face he touched. The whistle has only two tones, a high one followed by a lower note. It almost sounds like a karanga being whistled. The whistle ends, and the lights turn back on. Kaya, was that you? Oi, just grow up! Auntie Nairi pokes her head into the bathroom. Hey! What's going on here? Kaya's being an egg auntie. Kaya? She's in bed. She's been there for the last 20 minutes. You're the last one up. Huani still thinks it was Kaya somehow. And in the morning, he gives her the evils. What's your problem? Your mother and father decided to have a child. <laughs> Kaya and Huani are standoffish all day. And that night, after supper, there's a terrible storm. Thunder shakes the farekai where the kids are practicing. The lights go out, and the kids rush to check the switches. It's probably just a downed power line. Sheet lightning lights up the marae, and the kids rush to the windows of the farekai to look outside onto the marae. Forked lightning strikes the tree next to the marae, setting it ablaze. The kids ooh and ah at the tree now on fire. A strange wind starts to blow. It extinguishes the flame in the tree. The roof starts to rattle and the wind begins to howl. The wind hits the corner of the farekai and swirls around, making a creepy whistling sound. More sheet lightning covers the sky and lights the marae again. But this time, it reveals a lone, misshapen figure out on the marae It's hard to make out much detail, but whoever it is has waist-length hair completely covering its face. It's tall, at least seven foot. It's difficult to see, but something is on its back. With growing dread, the kids watch as huge, bat-like wings unfold from the figure's back. Its stance is upright, the head is bowed, and the arms hang loosely by its side. It's draped in a shredded korowai that dances in the breeze. The figure disappears with the fading lightning. When the next flash lights up the marae, there are now three figures on the marae, standing side by side. 
the sheet lightning flashes again and again and each time the figures disappear and reappear in greater numbers until the marae is completely covered. The figures are still motionless and the kids are frozen in fear. Auntie feebly tries to sound calm. Okay, can somebody please call somebody? The kids pull out their phones and begin pushing buttons wildly. I haven't got a signal. Uh, no one's got a signal, auntie. A few of the girls panic and run for the back door. One of them opens the door and sees that one of the demons is standing right there. She screams, but has enough presence of mind to slam the door shut in its face. Still screaming, the girls run back to the others. Okay, so we can't run or ring anyone. At least we got that out of the way. So for now, let's stay close and stick together. Fuck up any mate. Some nod, some shake their heads, some do nothing. Normal responses when you're super scared. The kids are weighing up who they're more afraid of, the army of demonic figures outside or auntie. It's a close call, but auntie is closer, so the kids nod their heads. There's a lightning flash across the marae again. The figures haven't budged. There are a couple of quick lightning flashes. The figures disappear on the first. There's a panic in the darkness. Where have they gone to? On the second flash, the figures have moved halfway between the marae and the windows of the farekai. Another flash and the figures disappear again. On the next flash, the figures appear inches away from the windows of the farekai. The kids recoil in horror. The wind is still howling. The kids shine their phone lights on the figures, who are still motionless. Then, the howling stops suddenly. There's nothing. No sound or movement from anything outside. Like the whole world has frozen in time. The silence is only for a few seconds, but it feels like a lot longer. A figure walks through the demon group, like a kaita takitane moving through the lines in slow motion. Like the others, he's wearing a shredded kākahu that moves like a flag in the breeze, even though there is none. He's whistling a two-tone tune. Hwani freezes. He whispers to Kaya. Oh no! What do you mean, oh no? I mean, oh no, that's the whistle I heard last night. I was in the shower and the, and the lights went out and I heard that whistle. Sorry, I, I thought it was you messing with me. These things don't appear out of nowhere. What were you doing? Oh, nothing really. Though I, I might have been whistling. What? After being warned not to? Sharks. I didn't know. So, so what do we do? Before Kaya can answer, the demon walking through the line stops, turns his head and lets out a scream. It's a high-pitched wind sound with a second tone layered underneath that makes it sound like a roar. One of the other demons joins in, doubling the sound. Then another joins, followed by another. The sound builds as the symphony of demons prepare for their crescendo. Anticipating what's about to happen, Auntie Nairi moves the kids to the back wall of the farekai. The windows shake and then explode into a billion pieces so small that they fall like glitter dust. The demons take a step forward, and then another. 
They move in sync like a marching army. The kids are waiting for the inevitable. They are hugging and crying. Some don't have a clue what's happening. Kaya has come out and is doing the haka from their whakaike. What does it look like I'm doing? The haka! What a tipra did before battle! The demons stop their advance and glare violently at Kaya. What are they doing? Hey, they're stopping! Which is what you shouldn't be doing! Keep going, Kaya, keep going! Bani runs and stands next to Kaya. The demons are frozen on the spot. They start to change into a shadowy goon and begin melting into the floor. Auntie yells out to the rest of the kids. boys grab their taiaha. They come down the sides like they do in the whakaike. The kids go berserk. Their haka sound and howling wind emulates a duel to the death. The eyes of the kids roll backwards and their bodies shake from head to toe. The haka has immobilized the demons. The demons turn their gaze skywards and their hair falls away, revealing their half-melted faces. They arch their backs and let out an almighty scream. The demons twist violently with each word and cover their ears with their hands and wings. They melt in a black pool and then disappear. The lightning flashes are quick and numerous, almost like a strobe light. Each time the lightning flashes on and off, another demon has disappeared. By the end of the haka, only the main demon is left. He looks at Huani whistles, and then vanishes into thin air. The lights turn back on. After a lot of hugging and some more crying, Auntie finally says something. Okay, everybody. Let's go have a quarter to win the funny. Who or what were those things? Firstly, I am very proud of all of you tonight. That was your tipuna DNA kicking in. Remember, it's gonna take more than living in a Pākehā ward for a couple of hundred years to erase thousands of years of genetic memory. Sorry, Auntie. I think this was all my fault from whistling last night. But I don't understand. Nighttime is the ancient realm of the dead, depor, darkness specifically when you close your eyes for the last time. Whistling or fear is one of the languages of the dead. Think of an atua that closely resembles that word feel. That's his language. 
It's a lost language, one our tipuna used to know. When we whistle willy-nilly, it's gibberish, but every now and then someone accidentally whistles the old language. You must have whistled something like, You can't catch me, na-na-na-na-na. Yeah, oh, come get it here now, egg. (laughs) (laughs) Well, one positive from tonight. Now, that's how you do a haka. You didn't do it for points. You did it because your lives depended on it. And most importantly, you did it for each other. Hopefully, we won't need any more inspiration from those guys. Nehuani. Come on, kids. Genetic memory is starting to kick in again. Cup of tea time. Haramite. Paki kehua, he mea tuku, nā te wānanga o Aotearoa, a nā te māngai pāho i tautoko. Paki kehua, brought to you by te wānanga o Aotearoa, with funding from te māngai pāho. <laughs>